So it's called imperishable devotion or perishable apathy, whichever one you like better. Um, and I first wanted to start with a song. It's called A Prayer by King's Kaleidoscope. Um, super good band. Um, love this song. So um, as it's playing, I just want you to listen to the words, the emotion from it. Um, yeah.
it's it's my deepest fear and it's God's deepest truth and love for me. Because it feels like it's just a song that I received, it's something that I needed to share. And so that's why it's on the record, even though it's like definitely a very heavy song compared to everything else that's going on. Okay, I, um, I really like that song and can really relate to a lot of the words um, and just how real and honest he is. Jesus, where are you? And reminding himself that Jesus was always with him. Um, anyway, so it was pretty funny that God would um, prepare for me to give this talk about something that feels really difficult to write. Um, all this week and honestly weeks before, I avoided the task of collecting ideas to answer the question, what to do when I don't feel like it. Um, my heart easily numbs itself to the zeal and love for God that seems to come in waves. When I first came to Christ, the gospel was sweet, refreshing, and so beautiful. Um, but it just seems through the changing seasons of life, um, my faith and my discipline can often be moved by the currents of life and the intensity of the feelings that I feel at that time. And so I've had to ask myself um, these questions, and I thought it might be sweet to talk to a couple of people next to you um, real quick, or even just pray to yourself, of what to do when you simply don't feel like wanting God. What do you do when you don't feel like reading the Bible, praying, and worshiping, or even being around community? And when these affections for God feel so distant, why is that for you? So. Just take a few minutes to talk about or pray or journal through these questions. Okay, I hope um, that these questions um, stay on your mind throughout this talk. Um, and even after, um, just asking yourself, why is it do I not want God? Um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Um, I would hope that most to all of you would be able to relate in some way of just not feeling like it um, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, when it comes to our affections for the Lord. Um, I think some of these can just be fear of future um, hinders your affections for God. Worshiping becomes hard and distracted. You feel numb and unexcited by the things of God. Repentance seems inconsistent. The preached word seems dry. Prayer is forgotten and just unenticing. And being around believers breeds comparison. These are just a few ways um, we can feel apathy in our spiritual walk. Um, and I just want to remind my heart and our hearts that God is wildly and passionate to pursue you and your heart because he cares for you. He's faithful not to leave us where we're at, no matter what season, valley, hill, whatever we're in. And it is a good thing to want to want God and for our feelings to be awakened to the majesty of Jesus and the hope we have in him. Um, but I agree with C.S. Lewis when he says um, that love is more than an emotion. It's a decision. And you can even say commitment, um, a marriage. You're committed to one another. A relationship with Christ, we're committed to him. Not because we wake up every day feeling so excited to love him, but because he chose us in him. Um, before the foundations of the world, and we have that as our hope, um, not our feelings. Um, so I just wanted to ask, um, why do we lack um, emotion when it comes to the things of God? 
what stole your joy for him? And I've picked out three. I feel like there's countless, um, and we're all unique. We all have different um, relationships with the Lord. Um, but three that I see pop up. One, meaninglessness. I think of um, just big issues in our world, like human trafficking, poverty, racism. These things feel so big, um, and it's just a lot easier um, to be numb to those things because they feel so big. Um, we lack motivation um, to, this one I relate most to, lack of emotion and not feeling is so much easier and simpler. Um, I got a call this last week from my dad um, and he just had some sad news about my brother. Um, he's just been having, he's had a hard life and um, takes a lot of that anger out on himself. Um, <coughs> and it's very suicidal. And just getting a call about my brother being in a dark place again was just really scary. And so this week, I felt like, okay, I'll just shut that off. I don't wanna feel that pain. I don't wanna feel that fear um, and disappointment even of praying for Jonathan for so long and feeling like, okay, God, he's in this again. But when I shut off my emotion to feeling that pain, I shut off my joy for the Lord. I shut off excitement. I shut off my ability um, to just rejoice in the Lord and be thankful as well. Um, and we may feel as though comfort and numbness is more appealing than a deep call of commitment to Christ. Um, also, waking up before our day begins to immerse ourselves in truth, praying when we don't see fruit, worshiping when we're hurting. Um, all of this takes work and it takes sacrifice, um, which is just a lot more difficult. And three, just feeling stuck. Um, I think sometimes we find ourselves just stuck, just stuck in apathy. And this can be scary. Why can't I motiv motivate myself? Why can't I feel that joy for the Lord? Um, it's a real thing and a really difficult thing. So I have some affirmations. Um, one, uh, look to Jesus for him to stir in you affections for him. That sentence sounds confusing, but just looking to him. Um, to excite your heart for him. One of my favorite verses in the Psalms is Psalm 27, 8. It says, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And I just love this, um, I don't know. Like the, it's the Lord saying to us first, seek me, know me, come find me. And us telling our hearts, seek him. Um, he's worthy to be sought after. Matthew 6.33 says, Seeking the Lord comes through those spiritual disciplines of prayer, reading the word, and being in community. Um, it's easy to become absorbed by our apathetic hearts, yet we cannot be the ones to spark the joy from Christ within us apart from him. Um, so this means looking to Christ, anticipating and trusting that he will help us and that he will change us. I think a big thing is just praying and asking to help him um, create in your heart worship. I think often I, I try to create that on my own. Like I, I have to worship God, so let me try really hard to, um, but in myself I, I can't do it and I need that, that help from him. Also sin can be a big barrier um, to our relationship with Christ. So confessing sin to one another, um, a practical just confessing with your room or with a friend, um, talking to someone about um, what are the lies that you believe in your sin. A quote that I really love 
Yeah. Um, is when the darkness of uncertainty and fear hangs over you, don't let go of the one who knew you in the light. And I just love this picture of our life isn't always going to be easy. It's not always going to be without struggle. Um, but Psalm 23, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because he is with us. And so even in those times of darkness and apathy and not feeling, he is there with us. I also love, I don't know if it's a psalm or just a, I mean, a, a hymn or just a song, but hold me fast. One of the verses says, I can never keep my hold through life's fearful path, path for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. So, yeah. Two, set your heart on the truth of who God is. Remind yourself of who God is, his characteristics, the truth of the gospel, the imperishable hope we have in him. Psalm 22 uh, is a really, really beautiful psalm, but verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. And the psalmist is saying, where, where are you, Lord? Um, why have you left me? I'm crying, I'm in anguish, it's night. But verse 3 says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. And I just love this reminder of we can be in apathy, we can be in pain, but setting our hearts on what is true, true that God is holy, God is faithful, God is love. He has chosen us, he has died for us. Um, we are in him now. Um, and I really love this analogy, thinking of a fire. Without fuel for a fire, the flames won't be strong and won't ignite. The metaphor is that worship is the fire, but without the fuel, which is the truth of the gospel, the flames of worship will just be dim. God promises that when we seek him, he will be found, Jeremiah 29, 13. And Jesus is faithful to change our hearts, so we experience given, spirit-given worship and see the glory of God in Jesus Christ. Three, wrestle with and struggle through feeling of not feeling like it. Don't let this go because in the struggle is hope. I love in Psalm 40, um, the psalmist says, I waited for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. And he's saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Lord to rescue me. I'm waiting for the Lord to save me from this pit of of destruction. And being honest with God, um, if you're taking notes, I have a couple questions that I'd love for you to write down and think through. Um, If I had nothing, absolutely nothing to lose, what would I say to God? If I had total control over my spiritual life, what would I want it to look like? Um, And how do I feel about how that compares to my real spiritual walk? I think these are just some questions to start being honest with the Lord of what would you say to him um, during these times of apathy, of not feeling like it? Um, if you had control, like what, how different would it look from where, what your spiritual life looks like now? So I'll give you a second.
This is the hardest one for me. Distinguishing feelings from faith. Michael Horton, I really like this quote, so I'll just read it. Faith is not a feeling, even though it is often accompanied by profound experience. It does not well up within us. Rather, it is provoked in us, created in us by the external announcement of the gospel. When the Spirit opens our hearts to the gospel's beauty, we simply find ourselves believing the report. There have been numerous times in my walk with God when I didn't feel close to him. Um, I didn't feel like his child. It even felt like he had forgotten about me. But the truth is that these were simply the feelings that I was experiencing. They were not an accurate representation of the truth. There are simply times when we pray and ask God, where are you? Um, And David spoke of this again. Um, of how long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? And then the last part of it, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. Just that, it's a theme throughout the Psalms. Five, remind yourself of his faithfulness. Um, The other day I was talking with someone and um, she was just asking me questions about my past and Um, where I've been and what God has brought me through. And it was just such a beautiful reminder of, okay, God is faithful. God is faithful. In those moments, I didn't feel like he was, but looking back, he so is. And God's love for us is the same no matter how we feel. And our response to him doesn't depend on our emotions, how freeing that is. I think practicing um, reciting the love God has for us is really, really powerful. If you haven't heard Zephaniah 3.17.4, it's really beautiful. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And this is the Lord towards us at all times in him. So reminding ourselves of that. And the beauty of God's love is that it survives spiritual dry times. Don't let the lie sink into your mind that spiritual dryness means that God has left you or forgotten of, forgotten you or tired of working with you. That's simply not true. And feeling, again, doesn't equate to fact. Have this um, analogy Brittany reminded me of, I thought it was really good. Um, if you're on an airplane and you're really nervous about being on the airplane, your anxiety and fear of the plane crashing doesn't dictate how the pilot drives the plane. He's gonna drive the plane because he's practiced, he's been taught, um, he knows what it looks like. And me sitting in the back seat being nervous doesn't change that. And in this metaphor, the fact of our plane is the fact of the gospel. That doesn't waver depending on how we feel about it, whether we feel like we connect to it or not. Um, That's just simply what we're experiencing in the moment. So I thought I'd go through some spiritual disciplines in regards to not feeling like it. First one is reading the Bible. In reading the Bible, do my affections become stirred to the point where the very awe and value and beauty sink deep? What happens when this couldn't be farther from the truth? Um, I think of last week when Derek talked about reading God's word because we want to know him and love him. And sometimes going to the Word doesn't feel like that. Um, But I would say press in, study God's Word. Um, I was talking to Taylor Lindahl the other day about what my favorite book in the Bible was. And I said Exodus. 
And when I first read, and it's usually like the last part of Exodus, the laws and the rituals and what the priests did and war. And I was reminded, um, I love that passage, those passages in the Bible, um, because I studied them really hard and saw that all these connections with the tabernacle related to Jesus and what the priests wore um, represented Christ in certain ways. And it was just really, really beautiful. But if I never studied it, I wouldn't love it the way I do. Um, also applying your heart to the word. I think it's a really dangerous thing when we go to the word because we want knowledge um, and want answers to questions rather than wanting to know the Lord. Um, And John Piper, he has a quote. It says, if the heart is not feeling anything, you say to your heart, heart, wake up. And you take hold of the heart and you apply. You push it, you place it in the knowledge, and you push on it. And I just thought that was really cool. We have the power to say to our hearts, wake up like this truth is amazing be stirred by this Um, and we have power over our hearts to do that and three investigate God's word Um, just people who love to take uh, pictures photography whatever I think it's really cool when you want to take a picture you don't just stand in one place um, and capture that um, image you want to walk around the object of interest, finding different angles that capture different emotions and beauty. The light could hit on it in certain places, but you wouldn't see that unless you walked around it. And the same is true with God's word. We want to gain a better picture of the object of our affection. The multifaceted beauty of the Bible is there when we take the energy to investigate the complexity of the word. And uh, not lastly, but prayer. Um, When we pray to the Lord and asking him to stir in us affections for him, when we don't feel like it, it shows that we are depending on him for our worship. We're not looking to ourselves to muster that up like I talked about before, Um, but we're depending on him to create in us um, that awe of him. Uh, This quote again, prayer is the conversation of a loving soul of God. The acts of friendship and communion must not be rare and frequent, but constant and often. He wrote, if we have a love to God, we cannot keep long out of God's company, but we'll be with him, pouring out our hearts to him. So what, how, do you, how do you have that in prayer? It's kind of ironic. I think it's just more prayer. The more that we're in his presence and experiencing him, the more that we want to be in his presence. So it just takes dedication as well. Lastly, community. I think it's really powerful, even this morning, um, I just told Natty this, but I was kind of nervous about giving a talk and I read through Moses when um, God says, I'll be with your mouth. And right when I was reading that, Natty texted me, God is with your mouth. And I was just like, wow, Lord, I see so much of you through a friend who would encourage me in that way. Um, And apathy is not something that a person can always think their way out of. Sometimes when we are unable to feel or do the things we want to do, other people can perform them and encourage us um, alongside those works. Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So in conclusion, although the currents of life, changing seasons and tendencies of our hearts for apathy, I want to encourage you through this talk that faith is not always a strong emotional feeling we can muster up, yet a race of endurance fueled by commitment to spiritual disciplines. 
the truth of the gospel and character of Jesus, and the faithfulness of God to will and to work for his good pleasure. And Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Uh, last quote. Sometimes perseverance doesn't look like shining and polished conformity to the commands of God. Sometimes it doesn't look like everescent joy every time you hear his name. Sometimes it looks like Jacob wrestling in the dark with God, with a God we cannot see, holding fast to him, refusing to let go, no matter how hard it gets.